I want you to turn to the Revelation chapter 19, Revelation chapter 19. We've been looking at what John saw, and my oh my, what did he see? No wonder 27 times in 22 chapters he said, behold. And John likes that word because he used it in the gospel when he said, behold the Lamb of God. And then he used it over and over again in that five-chapter epistle. Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us. And then when you come to the book of the Revelation, 27 times he said, Behold, behold the Lord, behold the Lamb, behold the land. And can I say, when you talk about Jesus and heaven and salvation and redemption and eternal life, brother, that is a sight to behold. And we worked our way to the book of the Revelation and John saw the book, God's divine plan. He saw it all. And by the way, the Bible is the most update book the world has ever had or ever will have. And then John saw the beloved, God's divine person. And I immensely enjoyed preaching on the glimpses of Christ of chapter number one. And aren't you glad he is? He is the coming king, the reigning Lord of all. And we're interested now that he not only saw the book, he not only saw the beloved, but he saw the bride. If the book is God's divine plan, if the beloved is God's divine person, then the bride is God's divine people. He saw the church. And when I say the church, I mean that group of people since the day of Pentecost that have trusted the grace of God, washed in the blood, regenerated and sealed by the Holy Spirit under the day of redemption. That's the church. That's the bride. That's the body. That's the building. That's the battalion. That's the people of God called the church of the living God. And I love how John sees them throughout the book of Revelation. He saw the church in distress. We looked at that Sunday night. And by the way, every one of us ought to have a t-shirt that we survived last Sunday night's message. I preached on everything that come to mind. I just preached against everything. Because, brother, we're living in days of apostasy. And I don't want the Lord to go from walking in the midst to standing outside of his own church. And he saw the church in distress. For my enemies who don't think I preach against sin, they couldn't have survived Sunday night. They'd have been in the phone booth dialing 911. But I'm glad the revival is still amazing, available because he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice, he said, I'll come inside. And then last Sunday morning, we looked at the church delivered, how the heavens opened. And he said, Come up hither. And then the rest of the book, we see the church delighted. We see delighted in the presence of God in the holy city, the New Jerusalem. And I want to pick up on that thought today, and I want to preach on this subject. Are you ready? Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. I thought about having Miss Beth and the music people play that. Here comes the bride. All fat and wide. No, I'm just kidding right there. But here comes the bride. 
to be ever at his side. And one day, ladies and gentlemen, the cherubims and the seraphims and the subordinate angels will step aside, even the Old Testament saints, as God's church, his bride, walks into the city. Chapter 19 will be our text, but I need to back up and read a little bit out of chapter 4, then chapter 19, and then we're going to go to chapter number 21. And he uses three things to show us the future of this bride. He uses an open door. He uses a white horse. And he uses a holy city. Say that with me. He uses an open door. He uses a white horse. And he uses a holy city. We're going to see today the church raptured out. Then we'll see the church returning to. And then we'll see the church reigning and rejoicing in. Because I'm leaving on a cloud, I get to live in a city. Because between the cloud and the city, I accepted Christ. And I'm glad I'm in that number when the saints Go marching in. I feel like putting Beth on the piano, playing Here Come the Bride, and Brother Tom on the other side with a tambourine when the saints go marching in. Tom, I'll give you a hundred bucks if you'll get a tambourine and stand over there and do that while I'm preaching. Sit down right there. Look in Revelation, chapter number 4, on our way to chapter 19, Revelation 4. And after this, I behold, I behold, I'm getting the gift. Y'all pray for me. It's coming on me. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. And I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So right down the church raptured. The church taken out. Come now to verse chapter number 19 beginning in verse 7. Now between chapter 4 and verse 1. And chapter 19 and verse 7. The seven years of tribulation have taken place on this earth. From chapter 4 to chapter 19, those chapters in the middle, why that raptured church and those resurrected saints have been in the presence of the bridegroom, hallelujah, protected in God's pavilion, Save on the other side of the sunny banks of sweet deliverance. The Antichrist, the false prophet, and the beast have invaded planet earth. And for seven years, hell has been let loose on this earth. If you're here today and you have trusted Christ as your Savior, washed in the blood, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, even if you don't believe in it, you ain't going to be here. And the reason why I say that, I have precious, precious, precious friends of mine that does not see the text like most of us here see that. 
They are millennial. They're post-millennial. One of my friends said he's a pan-millennial. Everything's going to pan out okay. And if that's your philosophy, glory, hallelujah, man. We ain't going to split hairs and split the church and throw rocks at anybody over that. I just want to say, if you don't want to go, stay here. But if you're saved, you got to go whether you want to or not. Because when Jesus comes and you and the Holy Ghost is moving out of here. And I don't think nobody's going to heaven under protest. And even my buddies that don't believe in it, I think they're going to be glad they got in it when they get in it. And Brother Mays Jackson said he's going to say to his buddies as they sail through the air, I told you so. I don't want to do that because that sounds too much like what we've had to put up with at husbands through the years. I told you so. Well, aren't you glad Jesus is coming in the clouds and the church will be raptured? But in chapter 19, he doesn't come in the clouds. He comes to the earth. And you don't see the church raptured. You see the church returning. You see the church returning. Look in chapter number 19, verse number 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. Say this little line out loud with me. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Glory. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. He saith unto me, right, blessed are they which are called, boy, that's me, to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. He said, I bowed down to worship this angel that spoke to me in verse 10. And I fell down at his feet to worship him. But he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and thy brethren that have testified, that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Watch what's about to happen. And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful. And true. I'm glad I know who that is. Faithful and true. And righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and his head was a, and, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written. For this blesses me here, that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed the vesture, dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Can I quote a verse before I read the next verse? John chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. Can I quote one more verse? John chapter 1 verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as only begotten son of the father. Full of grace and truth. Can I quote one more verse? John chapter 1 verse 17. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. 
Can I quote one more verse? John chapter 1 verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Hey! John introduces the Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 1 with two distinct names. The Word and the Lamb. Well, who else could it be in chapter 19 when it says, His vestures dipped in blood and His name is the Word of God and He's called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Let me tell you who that is. It's this same Jesus. You know what? You don't even have to preach. You just read the Bible and it's good. Amen. Praise God, children. Verse 14, And his armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth go the sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and shall rule them with the rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, my God, children, King of kings and Lord of lords. That's him. And them coming with them in the fine linen, which is the righteousness of the saints. Those are the call to the marriage supper of the Lamb. That's us. For the church has been raptured and now the church is now returning. Oh, it gets better. Come to John chapter number 21. The, oh, look in chapter number 21. Verse number 5. I've been preaching for months on what John saw. And I've been preaching for months and months through the gospel, through the epistle, trying to get to this one juicy verse right here. And I'm finally here. I love it. We ought to call recess and shout 30 minutes. And I saw. This is what I've been wanting to see what he saw ever since I saw what he's seen. Please don't ask me to say that again. I told you, John, because he sat where others wouldn't sit, and he stood where others wouldn't stand, and he served where the others wouldn't serve. Oh, look at him. He got to see what the others didn't see. Verse 20, chapter 21, verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were Passed away. That word means evaporated. And there was no more sea. I've been preaching forever to get to verse number two. And I, John, I want to say, looky, looky, looky. And I, John, what did he say? And I, John, what? Saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. And look at this, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. and He will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God 
shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. There shall be no more. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. Twice in this verse text. For the former things are evaporated, consumed, gone, and ain't coming back. I'm sorry for you educated people are not returning here. And verse number five, and he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, write for these words are true and faithful. And just so you know, I ain't kidding. Look in verse six. And he said unto me, it is done. I hear an echo from chapter 19 of his gospel where he cried in the pathos of his suffering, it is finished. For 2,000 years it has rained. It is finished. And after the great tribulation period, the rapture, the return of the church, he says, it's done. It's not an accident that he's called the author and the finisher of our faith. And ladies and gentlemen, may I say to you this morning, it's about to be done. Sin is about to be done. War is about to be done. Hell is about to be done. Horace, the funeral homes and the graveyards are about to be done. I was speaking at Horace one day and I said, there ain't going to be no one to take us in heaven. If you're there, you'll be out of business. He said, there ain't going to be no fat preachers up there either. I'll be there, but I won't need to preach because everybody there will be born again and saved by the grace of God. Now, my granddaughter, Holly, Holly Wally, does not believe that. She was at my home the other day, and I said, Baby doll, I got to go. Great granddaddy, you ain't got to go. I said, Baby, I got to go up to Anderson, South Carolina, to Dr. Steve Hurt's church, and I got to preach the Word of God. And she said, Why? I said, well, honey, maybe somebody will be saved. She said, oh, granddad, ain't nobody saved up there in that church. I don't know if it is or not. Sometimes I wonder if we got anybody saved in this here church. Can I get them in? How many felt like you're set with somebody? You wanted about their salvation at the time. Hands lifted all over this building. Oh, but ladies and gentlemen, one day it's going to be done. 
The singing will be done. The preaching will be done. The work will be done. The labor will be done. The pain, the crying, the sorrow, the cancer, the COVID, the heart attacks, the funeral home, the graveyard. It will be done. And stepping on the clouds is here comes the bride. It's done. It's done. It's done. And he says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I give unto them that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. And he shall be my son. I don't know what the future is looking like to the media. I don't know what the future is looking like to the government. I don't know what the future's looking like to a God-hating, God-rejecting world, but I do know what the future looks like for the redeemed. It's looking good from here. Because we're not just on the winning side, we're on the side that is already won. And let's look at this quickly. Here comes the bride. Chapter number four, the bride raptured. When that door opens in heaven in chapter 4 and that voice says, come up hither. That's got to be the rapture. And if you're here this morning and you don't believe in the word rapture, you don't have to use that word. But you better believe this. He's coming and we leave in. Because 1 Thessalonians 4 has got to be fulfilled somewhere in this book. And 1 Thessalonians 4 worded it like this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ, resurrection, shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together, that's raptured, with him in the sky, to him in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus is coming, and the body of Christ, those that have trusted Christ, if they have died and their faith is in Christ, they're coming out of the ground, and then at that same moment, after they are resurrected, those that are alive on planet earth, when Jesus comes, will be called up. Call it what you will. He's coming and we are leaving. The church raptured. Taken to glory. Are you ready to ride? And notice in chapter 4, the sound that he heard. Woo! And the sights that he saw. What was the sound that he heard? He said, I heard a voice. And it was a strong, it was like a flute, a clarinet, a banjo, a fiddle, a guitar, a bazooka. No, a trumpet. Why, of all of the analogies, why would he use a trumpet? Because in the Bible, the trumpet was used for three things. Number one, it would summon the people to worship. 
Number two, it would call the soldiers to war. And number three, it would call the bride and the groom to a wedding. Write down worship, war, and wedding. All of that was announced by the blasting of the trumpet. That's why the Bible calls the gospel preacher a trumpeteer. Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. Because a trumpet will get your attention. I like all the other instruments. I can play very few of them, but I like all of the instruments. But if you want to get somebody's attention, rear back on a trumpet and let her blow. And ladies and gentlemen, I believe with all of my heart the mighty angel of God is sitting on the edge of the seat of the orchestra of heaven waiting for the great conductor, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, to give the signal and he is going to blow that trumpet. You're going to hear that sound. The world is going to hear that sound. And when he blows that trumpet, How many believe we're going to worship? You read the rest of chapter number four and the rest of chapter number five. He said, you talk about worship. He said, they cast their crowns at his feet and they got to saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, worthy is the lamb that's been slain and has redeemed us by thy blood. You talk about a worship service. You wait to every person since Calvary that's been washed in the blood, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, saved by the grace of God, join their voices in heaven and adoration to the Lamb of God. Brother, as they say up north, it's going to get on. Can you imagine the sound? And by the way, it's going to be warfare like this world has never known. ISIS, Hamas, Hezbollah, America, Ukraine, Russia, China, Korea, Taiwan, Iran, Iraq, Lebanon, Jordan, Syria, and all your stands and plans and mans. You're not going to defeat the sovereign God of heaven. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he comes in power and glory to rain war on those who believe not the gospel. And brother, you talk about a worship, you talk about a war, but you talk about a wedding. There's going to be a wedding in the sky, in the chapel of the king. Oh, I made him at an old-fashioned altar. I trusted him as my Lord and my Savior. And one day I will meet him face to face and tell the story saved by grace. And ladies and gentlemen, I I know they said it about Snow White. And I know they said it about Cinderella. And I know they said it about Beauty and the Beast. And they lived happily ever after. But that's not so. Nobody lives happily ever after on this side of the river. Some of you men that's buried your wives and some of you precious wives that buried your husband. It's not on this side where it's happily ever after. But I'm glad we do have a happy ever after.
I'm, somebody help me right there. I'm glad we do have a happy ever after in the city of God where the shades of love lie deep. And I'm glad when the church and the saints of God walk down glory, hallelujah street, there'll be a sign on my chariot written in the intelligible blood of Jesus Christ. There they go, the bride and the church, and they live happily ever after. Ladies and gentlemen, when the church is raptured, look at the sound they will hear and look at the sight that they will see. You say, what did he see? He said, when I got there, I saw the throne. By the way, it's occupied. And then one on it, will never be impeached. But because he has no successor and he has no predecessor, he's in a class all by himself. John said, the thing that got me was I saw a rainbow. I saw a rainbow. Anybody here ever seen a rainbow? Bob, you remember about a year ago, you were down on 85 by the airport and you saw a rainbow. And Bob, you, Bob, you really did do this. You may not remember it, but it, you, you did it in this world. You did it in this life, not your past one. And Bob sent me a picture of a rainbow over the entire Atlanta airport. I go there three or four times a week and I must admit that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen over there. I love it when they say, Report all people that look suspicious to the local authority. They all look that way to me. And I'm sure I do to them too. But Bob sent me a beautiful picture of her. I mean, I mean it was over top of the rainbow. Now, now, you, now you know what you got to have to have a rainbow, don't you? You got to have a storm. You got to have some dark clouds. You gotta have some wind, some lightning, some thunder, and some, and some rain. You gotta have that to have a rainbow. But you know what else you gotta have to have? You know what you have to have to have a rainbow? You have to have the sun coming out in its strength on the other side of the storm. I'm gonna lay my challenge down. Brother Tom, you got any money on you today? I'm gonna lay the challenge down. Is there anybody here ever in your life with the exception, and I'll name the exception in just a moment, ever seen a complete rainbow? No. Because rainbows are complete circles, but the earth blocks them out. As long as you are earthbound, The world you stand on blocks it out. Now, here's two exceptions. I have seen a couple of complete rainbows. Miss Arthur was with me in one of them. And no, we were not on something hallucinating together. We were at that place in New York. Yes. And we was at the little bridal veil I mean, if you think that American side, I mean, that the horseshoes, we was on the American side, the bridal veil, the smaller part. And somebody had built a, I call it a deck. They call it an, an observation platform that jutted out over that. I'm going to tell you, man, 
I was like that boy John from Alabama when he saw the Grand Canyon the first time. He went, hmm, something happened down there. And son, we stood out over that observation deck. We were suspended. Oh, man. And I looked all around, and that water was glistening off of that bridal veil. And we saw several rainbows because we were not on the dirt. We were suspended out over space. And then not long ago, I was riding one of them big Delta jets coming back from a meeting. And the pilot said, hold on, major turbulence. I found out that's what them seat belts are for. They're not there just for looks. They're there to keep you from busting your head in major turbulence. Son, we made it through that turbulence. I prayed. The lady beside of me got all up in my lap, hugged me, put her arm around me, put me in a headlock. I said, ma'am, please, I'm a preacher. She said, oh, I love men of God. And I rode with that woman in my lap. Just begging God, none of my enemies saw it. Boy, I'm telling you, they're after me. And boy, there's one fellow, if he, if he knew I was riding with somebody like that, he'd be on me bad. But they ain't got to worry about him. He's too fat. Can't nobody get their arms around him. Say amen right there. And oh, I mean, son, after we got through that turbulence, after we got through that storm, man, Brother David, I looked up that window. I looked back on the other side of that storm. Son, there were circle rainbows all around. I I, I found this out. I I got blessed reading the encyclopedia. By the way, how long has it been since anybody here ever read an encyclopedia? But I read this. Them rainbows are always full circles. But while we're earthbound, we can only see half cause this world blocks out the view but John said when I left planet earth when I left gravity and when I got to the glory world I saw that rainbow and notice what he said in chapter number four it was around about the throne it was round about the throne it was round about the throne John said, I feel like the queen of Sheba. As long as you're on this earth, the half has never been told. But ladies and gentlemen, when we leave planet earth and gravity loses its hold and we get to the everlasting city of God, it's not going to be a quarter rainbow, a half a rainbow, but a full circle around the rainbow. The storm is over and the lightning's over and the herd is over and the son of righteousness has arisen with healing in his wings and as he shines from his sovereign throne a complete rainbow around the shining throne of God. But I saw this rainbow and I thought, what a difference. All them rainbows I've seen, a quarter and a half, had several colors. Anybody name me the colors of the rainbow? Red. Pilot, green, yellow, purple, blue. I can see some redneck going, camouflage. There might even be some Tennessee orange in there, honey. But this rainbow, One color. One color. This rainbow. One color. An emerald. 
pure green. Black in the Bible stands for sin. White stands for righteousness. Red stands for the blood. Gold stands for deity. Silver stands for redemption. Purple stands for royalty. Yellow stands as caution. Oh, but you know what green in the Bible stands for? New life, eternal life, and will never die again. Lord, have mercy. John saw that complete rainbow around the shining sovereign celestial throne of the living God. And ladies and gentlemen, the church is on the threshold of being raptured. And hallelujah for the sights we'll see and the sounds that we will hear. And it sounds like home to me. Chapter 19, the church returning. After those seven years of hell on earth, John said, there's a hole in the sky. Mrs. Arthur's not like me. She doesn't get as excited as much as I do about these things. We're praying for her salvation. God was not in that. But she got excited to the day. She came and said, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. I saw, preach, baby. I thought she was going to throw down a sermon right there. She said, look. Fox News came out with some guys that's been scientists, astrologists. Man, they've been studying this thing. And one of them said, I looked through a telescope. And the other one confirmed it. And they said this. We're seeing a big old hole out there. There's a big old hole out there, big old black hole out there in the sky. Something may be about to come through it. We've been trying to tell you there's a hole in the sky, and you know who's a coming through it? The Lamb and the Bride. Returning in power and glory. Have you ever wondered why he used the analogy of a white horse? Have you ever wondered why that is in there? Well, you remember the first time he rode into Jerusalem? He rode into Jerusalem on a little old donkey. And they took him to a cross and they crucified him. And man nailed him between two thieves. But honey, when he comes in again, he ain't going to be riding a camel. He's not going to be riding a little old pencil-tailed donkey. He's coming on a white stallion as the king of kings and the lord of lords and they're not going to put him on a cross but he is set upon the throne and they'll cry worthy 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 is the lamb of God and I know that's him I know that's him I know that's him because he's named faithful and true Boy, I wish I had time to preach on the faithfulness and the truth of Jesus Christ. Put it this way. He is so faithful, he'll never let you down. And put it this way. He is so truthful, you can believe whatever he says. And his name is written, Word of God. Someone asked me not long ago, what does God think of his word? He thinks so much of it, he named his son after it. The Word. Of God. And I'm looking at that vesture dipped in blood. 
the ends of his garments, glistening and white, but dipped in blood. Where in the world can he come out of heaven with fresh blood dipped on his garment? I'm glad you asked. Remember Hebrews said he ascended into heaven. And he went into the throne room of heaven and put his royal, sovereign, perfect hope. Now, I'll tell you, if that don't make you say amen, I don't know what's going to help you right there. And put his sovereign, holy, pure blood on that altar to obtain our eternal redemption. And on his way back, he just runs back and dips that robe in that pure, fresh blood of Calvary. And he's coming back saying, redeemed by the blood, saved by the blood, overcoming by the blood. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm glad to report to you this morning on earth, in heaven, in eternity, the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. John said, there he is, King of kings and Lord of lords. I love Christmas. I, 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 I love all that. But ladies and gentlemen, if all you see is a baby in the manger, you didn't get it. If all you see is a little carpenter's son, you didn't get it. In fact, if all you see is a man walking about doing good, you didn't get it. And if all you see is a Savior on a cross impaled to it, and that's all you see, you didn't get it. He is not impaled to the cross. He is not even enshrined in a tomb. You say, where is he? He's ascended. He's reigning. He's not the baby in the manger. He's no longer the stranger of Galilee. He's not the miracle worker of Judea. He is not more than just a sacrifice and a little lowly lamb. He is the king of kings and he is the Lord of lords. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name that one day every knee's going to bow and every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah, he's coming as the king of kings and Lord of lords. And that crowd with him had black hearts, got it washed in red blood. Now they're whiter than snow. Because they joined the church? Never. Because they went through the ordinance of the Lord's Supper of Baptism? Never. Because they made their robes pure and white in the blood of Calvary's Lamb. Can I remind you this morning, what can wash away my sin and yours? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There'll be nobody in heaven bragging on their denomination. That chokes most of my enemies. But there will be nobody in heaven bragging on their religion, bragging on their denomination, bragging on their little set of rules. We're going to be in heaven bragging on the Lamb of God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And I see the church raptured. And I see the church returning. He came in chapter 4 
for his saints. But he comes in chapter 19 with his saints. He came in the clouds and got us out and he's come under the earth to bring us back. Hallelujah. For the marriage supper of the Lamb. And I got a place at the table because of Calvary. Chapter 21 and we're done. The church raptured. The church returning. Now the church reigning and the church rejoicing. God uses three analogies to describe the future of the church. He uses an open door. He uses a white horse. And he uses a holy city. After the church goes to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Amen. After that great battle of Armageddon. After the world is baptized in the blood of people that have rejected Christ. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat and the former things evaporated, passed away. And God's going to start it all over again like he did in Genesis chapter number one. You say, how can God make all things new? He's already did it. He stepped out upon nothing and said, let there be, and it was, and out of nothing came everything. And surely you know the God that stepped out of nothing and said something, and there's everything. That same God can step out of heaven and say, Let there be, and it is. The old earth is evaporated. Hell is evaporated. Sin is evaporated. And there is a new heaven and a new earth. And then there is a special city that comes down from God out of heaven. A bride is adorned for a husband. And it's called the holy city, the new Jerusalem. And guess who gets to live? in it, not just the Jews and not just the Gentiles, but Jews and Gentiles that have trusted Christ and trusted the blood and been born of the Holy Ghost, we get to live in the city. My time's gone and your attention span was gone 20 minutes ago. But my fire's still burning. But we'll just quit. I'd like to tell you about the size of the city. I'd like to tell you about the sounds of the city. I'd like to tell you the sights of the city. I'd like to tell you about the saints of the city. But y'all want to go, so we'll have to wait. Our Heavenly Father, we love you today. We give you glory.